yeah, I don't want to go to jail for anything. I'm much too, like, weak. And you're pretty. You are listening to the Stand Up Dads Podcast. This is heck of boring. Yeah, it is. Let's try again. I was bugging Annie, and she was like, now I know why people go to the gas station and get to get cigarettes and never come home. <laughs> Jeez, that's like, after, <laughs> is that after living with you? Living with me for what? Like two weeks? <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Well, on that note, you're listening to Stand Up Dads. Uh, this is Rob. And my... <laughs> And this week we have a special guest. Yes. A couple of months, well, maybe a month and a half ago, I got an email from a listener who was telling us uh, that he was listening to us and had a really cool and interesting story, and I wanted him to come on. So help me welcome Edwin Enriquez. Welcome, Edwin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. So you reached out. You said you were almost going to stop listening because our audio quality was so shitty. Yeah, man. Uh, so what ended up happening was I was listening to comedy and I got bored of this uh, station that I was listening. I know the jokes by heart now. And I didn't know about the podcast. I mm. just put in stand up and you guys showed up and I started listening and I'm like, well, okay, this is pretty interesting. And I'm waiting for the jokes, but then I kind of got what was going on. But the audio man sucked and I'm like <laughs> I looked at how many episodes and at the time there was about 115 episodes yeah so I got to the fifth one and I'm like man I can't do this for another 100 episodes or so <laughs> and I stopped listening for about a week and, and I came back and the sixth one was kind of crispy but it was loud you can actually hear it better I'm like all right it's getting better and you started saying about the old equipment and stuff and I just stuck on there and the next one was on and so Episodes later, here I am. Cool. Well, thank awesome. you guys having. Well, it's funny because episode six, it's seared in my mind as the worst audio we ever had because I was playing around with equipment. And that was the yeah. Jaywalk one, which I put it out because the content I enjoyed, but I'm glad it uh, didn't discourage you. <laughs> no, I'm glad I stuck around. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of funny material on here. That I'm here. Well, okay. So tell me the story you told me because you got an interesting uh, parenting background. Yeah, so um, let's see. I met my my lady when we were working. I was actually her, her manager at the time, and we worked for a while. She had a pre-started family. Uh, kids were about um, four and seven at the time. And mind you, I, I was 19, so I was just barely getting in there. Yeah. In the beginning, we, we really didn't get to see the kids much because uh, my girlfriend at the time wanted to make sure you know that I was the the right person to introduce to them sure yeah and um after a while you know we we finally met and we got the and we started going out with the kids and everything family worked out great and um i brought her to come live with me and it was about 10 years into this relationship when i finally decided to ask her to marry me and wow. i waited an extra year to finally actually marry her so i mean it's been a it's been a great ride it's been very stressful it's been pretty great and i can't tell you i had no idea what it was coming into being a parent especially with a pre-starting family because everybody's got their own ways of doing things right and here i am not knowing what to do and and she was just straight up and she's like i'm not going to teach you how to be a dad you need to learn you're the one who wanted to come into this relationship so 
get in there. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> well, you know what? That was probably the best thing she could have done. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was. The, the kid, the littlest one, he was still in a, in a, booster, uh, not in a, in a booster seat. And... 19 years old and I'm over here carrying him and I got piss on my back because he decided to pee when I was bringing him to the apartment. And, you know, it, it, it's an amazing experience. I did not know what to expect. I mean, even if I was just coming out of being a kid myself, right? But once the shoe, once your foot is on the other shoe, uh, you know, it, it's a whole different joy ride. Right? Yeah, I it can't was, imagine taking on a kid at 19. I mean, I can't imagine doing it at 40 when I did it. I felt so. like jumping out of my apartment <laughs> a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, it was so stressful, man. I, I, I was trying to do my best and I know I failed a lot. And she had so much patience, man. I got to give it up to her for that. And, and the kids too. I mean, and now we laugh about it because, you know, they remember some parts, the little guy, the the older one, he's, he's you know, he's out there working now. He's doing his thing. My, my little one, he's uh, he was doing really bad in school for a while. And then last year, I have no idea what happened to him, but that kid turned around and now he's like an honorable student. He's doing nice. his own thing. And, you know, nice. mind you, both of them are uh, ADD. One of them has ADHD. One has social anxiety. And so they're facing these things. And, and, and it's really hard being a, a parent to these kids when you know how they are but everybody else doesn't and, mm-hmm. and they don't understand it and they don't know how to cope with these kids, you know? So we had a lot of, a lot of uh, obstacles, even from the school, you would think that they would be prepared, but I'm not enough with them there. Yeah. Not, not ready for this. That's the hardest thing when your kid doesn't fit into the norm Yeah, and you're like, but he's an awesome kid, <laughs> you know? And you're like, mm-hmm. you're not seeing this. He's a fucking awesome kid. Yeah. And yeah. it just breaks my heart whenever it's like, well, we think he has this. It's like, well, fuck. Yeah. But did you see this? And, and it's cool to hear that it's turning around. How old are your kids yeah. now? Uh, my oldest is 22. Uh, my youngest is 17. Names are Nettie. He's a 17 year old. Um, he's always getting confused for a girl. Every time they call me your daughter, they're like, nah, it's a son, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my oldest name is uh, Gio. Cool. Yeah, I always wonder, like, when like I don't know, I'm not gonna be around when he's 21. I'll be dead. Just like picturing, did you get your kid his first, you know, beer or whatever when he turned 21, or no? First legal uh, beer. Yes, I did. We yeah. went out to drink, um, but I mean, you know, they're gonna do it outside. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just that symbolic thing. Yeah. So does your wife ever give you crap that like when you started going out, she had three kids or being 19? I know. Well, you know what, what, what was really curious was that we would all go out and they would always refer to her as my mom. And oh, that would just piss her off. Right? Oh, shit. And she'd give me this girl like, come on. I didn't do that. Like, she was like, well, why did they do that? Like, his mom. I'm fucking she's... him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So eventually it got to that point where I, they would say that and she'd be like, yeah, I'm his mom. And she would grab me and just kiss me. And they'd be like, oh, you're not the mom. <laughs> nice. That's yeah, how it is in that you. family. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Mexican women, they're something else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Mike, uh, that's his uh, pre- preference. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fiery. Yeah. 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 If you did a lineup of all of his ex-girlfriends, they'd all be like between four ten and five foot two. <laughs> have big boobs and be either Mexican or Latino or uh, like Filipino. There's something, all right. Every one of them. <laughs> but anyway, so I figured since you went through all this and Mike's kid has just turned 11 and is going on 19. Oh my God. You might yeah, be able to give him some good pointers as to uh, how to pre- uh, me too, but how to prep for yeah. a teenager. Yes. Yeah. We were talking before that we both feel like we dodged bullets because we had sons. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we we dodged some of the bullets. Your bullets are about to come up later on because you're not saying they will scare you eventually. Um, they still be scary. Yeah, well, I got a scary. clip here from a, com- a comic named Brad Bonner talking about raising a teenage daughter. So I think this will be just for you, Mike. <laughs> And then the teenage years come, and oh my goodness, that's just... By applause, who is or has been the parent of a teenage daughter? By applause, right in here. Where are you? See how weak that applause is? I know, they've sucked the life out of you, haven't they? Yeah. Okay, I appreciate this joke. The rest of you are going to think we're all bad people, but you're totally going to get this. You, you will understand, all right? Having a daughter, having a teenage daughter makes me feel like a bad parent, like I never felt with my boys. So I get angry at my boys, right? I've had my boys do something stupid or they broke something, and they come into the room, and I see them, and I'm angry at them. I've had that emotional exchange with my boys. I've never hated them. <laughs> You see her laughing? Oh, you think we're bad people, but you look at all the parents of teenagers. They know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, you never hated your teenage boys? I did, many times. Oh, okay. Many never times. Mind. Yeah. Um, something for Mike to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't hated your kid. Uh, you know what? Don't answer that. Uh, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I haven't. There's times where... It's like, I'll tell her sometimes it's like, you, you know, I love you. I don't like you at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like something your mom has said to you. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And probably has currently said it recently. <laughs> <laughs> but I have, you know, I have ADHD and all that. I didn't know till like, God, I was like 40 or 41. And then I asked my mom and she was like, oh yeah, they wanted to put you on meds when you were young. <laughs> But it makes it good as a teacher. I'm able to really connect with kids because they act, they are made to feel like they have something wrong with them. Yes. And when they say it, they're like, oh, well, I have ADHD. I go, I do too, man. It makes, we have, we, we think faster. We're creative. There's a lot of pluses to it. There's a lot of negatives, but so what? It's not a hindrance. It's, you know, we have other gifts from it, you know? But I was the kid that, didn't get invited back to birthday parties (laughs) or like uh, put you in the other room in those first, like first through third grade. It was just like, you know, but back then they didn't need, at least now they at least kind of know about it and can kind of at least semi know something. Hopefully they'll get better and better. But in my kids school, I think they have an actual class that's just made up of nothing but kids with ADHD. Um, Yeah. That's like, you know, in grade school, but it seems like, I don't know. I think it makes it easier for the teacher, but I don't know if that's really doing the kids a favor. How, no, how does, it sucks. Yeah, be put in your own room. <laughs> how does how does that work? Like, um, like for example, for mine, they would have to take them out of class sometimes when they would get to uh, 
fidgety yeah. and let, let them walk around and then come back to class. So how would it work in that environment when all the kids are? I guess there's a lot of walking around. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Cause I think yeah. they just kind of, I mean, I'm not going to be like hard ass and be like, no, you need to learn how to function in normal society. Cause normal isn't a real fucking thing. Yeah. But at the same, cause my hat, well, I think every boy has ADD tendencies. Yeah. yeah. You know, we've had teachers say, we think he might. And we're like, yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. You know, I had it, you know, I got diagnosed when I was in my early twenties. So same as you, but I was still would have been a fuck up. Uh, even if I was treated, but yeah, yeah at the same yeah. time though, I mean, you're the fact that your kid kind of turned it around on his own is fucking awesome. Yep. So and I'm guessing that was just by supporting. That was a lot of supporting. We, we, we did a whole bunch of working together with each other to see how I could, because many, I would do the, the studying with him. So um, I would sit down with him and, and I would watch him how he would do his homework. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that he started off good when I was there speaking to him and we were going through it. And then if I let him go on his own, he would just kind of like stare off and, and I forget that he was doing his homework. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, snap, snap back. I'm like, come over here. Mm-hmm. I noticed that it was best with him to, uh, this is my guess, it was best with him to let him do a little bit of work and let's go over there and do something else for a little bit and then come yeah. right back. And so that helped him a lot. And I told him like, look at what you're doing. I'm like, this is helping you. Know? Does it work for you? He's like, yeah. And so uh, we started doing that, and now he's able to do it on his own. And, awesome. and and what I found with him was that if he likes the subject, he doesn't need to do any of that. He just goes right. Like, his distraction is the actual subject. It's, sure. it's digging into it. And he's a so many things doing it this way because uh, it, he'll pick up, like, something about He was doing um, some graphic design on the computer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know he was interested in this, but he picked up the software from his uncle and he got a class in high school. And I'm like, what are you doing one day? And he's just in there. He's like, oh, I got Photoshop. I'm like, you know how to do Photoshop? And I'm like, you can make a lot of money with that stuff. He's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, your uncle does embroidery and all this stuff. He's like, no way. And now he's into it. He's He wants to know about the printing machines. He wants to know about the software. Uh, I got him a computer and, and, and some graphics cards and you know, I hooked him up. Nice. And he does these things on his own, but it's, it's, it's things that he likes, you know, um, that kind of cut whatever's distracting him, you know? Well, and, I mean, I think people don't understand cool. about ADD is that they also have hyper attention on stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because I think yeah. everyone that has it can tell you where they spent four hours zoning out, just focused on one thing, like a video game or a project and realize, holy shit, what I've, what have I been doing? So it's not just they're constantly jumping around, but sometimes they do. If you find the right thing, it's like almost obsessive, Mike. Uh. (laughs) That's how it goes with me still. If I'm into it, I'm into it. If I'm not, yeah, I can't remember any of it. And then I still, my mom will call, call me and my sister bright bright shiny thing you know <laughs> like they'll be like oh great bright shiny thing right right get back here you know like they're like pay attention and like, oh, okay i'm listening you know well they, so did you notice a big change like like my kid he's about to turn nine and he's still really sweet and all that and i'm just waiting for that to go away i mean did you notice a switch when they became teens 
Well, both of them were, were kind of different. So um, my oldest, when he was going through that phase, there's there's a really touchy uh, subject that they, they were talking about one time in school. And this kind of like made it so that he went downhill from there. So one day in school, they're talking about parents, right? Mm-hmm. And my wife has both kids from different fathers. So uh, my son was sharing in class that he has three dads, you know, mm-hmm. his original, his, his past stepdad, and then me. And the kids started bullying him about him. Oh, and, and so they're, they're, they're clowning on him. And, and, you know, he came home. And he came home. We've never seen him like this. He came home mad. He went right to his room. His eyes were red. And, and we're like, what's going on? He didn't want to talk to us. And, you know, eventually he, he opened up and he's like, why did you guys do this to me? And you can't make them understand at that age. You know, they're, yeah. they're going to think what they're going to think and they're going to listen to their friends more than they're going to listen to a parent. And, and so that kind of like, because he, he was a sweet kid and everybody, well, I mean, everybody still loved them. And it's cool. It's just, he went from being just a sweet kid to like having like a depressive moment where uh, he didn't want to do anything anymore. He, mm. he, he gave up a lot. But, Something turned in him where uh, he did start picking it up, and you know, he he faced out all these kids, and he he became kind of popular in school. And I was going through uh, some old folders one time when we were trying to find some files, and and this is after he he finished his middle school, and I'm looking through this letter, and I'm like, what's this? I never saw this letter. So my kid wrote about a, a time where. Uh, you know, they asked him, what are you guys proud of? And he's like, well, I have a stepdad. He's like, and this is this is the stepdad that has kept our family together. And so I was there with my wife, and I'm like, hey, look at this. And I got I, you know, my, I got this big old knot in my throat, and I'm over there crying. I'm like, he wrote this. And I'm like, mm. where, where was his letter? And, you know, and, and shit, I got to jump in there, and I got to help my kid whatever, as best as I can. You know, and, and that's what I yeah, we did. We, we spoke to him. We treated him like like the person he is, and we're like, hey, we're gonna help you out. You know, don't ever feel like I'm gonna leave you. I'm not gonna abandon you. I'm not. I'm not that man. I'm not that person who hurts you. You know. And he was never like rude with us. He was never disrespectful. Mm-hmm. He's he was just uh, very lazy in school, and you know there was like nothing we can do to to make that turn around, but. You know, for the most part, he was he wasn't like a a troublemaker. Yeah, he was just one of those kids that you know went to school and was just there to kick it with his friends. But he was never rude. He was never a, a problematic one. Well, you That's glossed awesome. over it, but you know, you got to give you know you've got my respect because stepdads always have my respect. Stepmoms too, because you're there because you chose to be, it's yeah. not because you just didn't pull out. You know, yeah. and it's like, ah, I guess I got a kid now. It's like, yeah. no, I'm here because I want to be. Yeah, and I and I've said exactly those words to them. Like, I'm here because I want to be. Like, I'm you tell them about the, the guy in your <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that was a different conversation with him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, I just think no. you just you know you mentioned that and you kind of glossed over. It's like, no, you need to give yourself some recognition for that because those kids are where they're at because of you. You yeah, know, and your wife. And you, to me, it's always like you gotta earn being a dad or a father. You're a sperm donor at the beginning. Yeah. You know you, what you've done is you've been a dad, you've been a father, and 
you're like the the definition of a stand-up dad by stepping in and being a dad to those kids is that's awesome and yeah you deserve the credit for that man thank you thank you appreciate yeah okay now i'm gonna throw in some stupid humor uh, <laughs> I got, we've played this guy on here before, uh, Jeff Allen talking about pretty much, I mean, the bigger caption is why teenagers are God's revenge, but he pretty much talks about how teenage vocabulary changes. He also has a hint for making therapy easier for kids when they're older. Here goes. You can't argue with a 16 year old. You can't. They have a three word vocabulary. That's it. Is a word. You're going to pass your history test. Is another word. Well, you can't spend the night at your friend's house. You flunked the history test. And then that word whatever, whatever, drove me insane. It affected my nerves. Because when it would come out of their mouths, I'd immediately boink them right in the eyes. Whatever. Stop it. Get your little angels ready for therapy. They're going. This is America. Your kid's going to lay on a couch at some point in his life and blame you for everything. You might as well give him reasons going in. Don't stress about it. They're going to do it. I told my kids when they learn to write, when you perceive an injustice in our home, do us all a favor. Write it down and date it, and I'll initial it for you. <laughs> I'll come. Well, when you're middle-aged, my memory's not so good. We could breeze through the therapeutic process together. I'll just hand that book to the therapist. All that stuff with my initials next to it, I did, and I'll be at the golf course. I did it. You could save a lot of drama that way. Oh, my God. That's awesome. I'll sign it. <laughs> yeah. So I was looking at some like articles on preparing for teenage years and Unfortunately, like everything else in parenting, it starts like at day one. It does. So uh, I'll post links for these, but you know, it's like they talk about, and Edwin, you've been through it. You could tell me how important this is or isn't. Establish ground rules, but know when to relax them. Yes, that's been a big thing in, in, in my world. So with my father, it was, um, he was like a military man. So when he said it was this, if it was rainy, and it was sunny outside, whatever he said it was, that's what it was, even if it wasn't, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So me coming in uh, into their lives, I wasn't sure uh, how to do it because I didn't like that form of, uh, of rules in my house. So eventually, once they got older, we would test like each other's grounds to see how far they can get through to me or I can get through to them. And yes, that was one of the biggest things was trying to get my message across without being a totalitarian person, right? Because yeah. that, does, that doesn't work for us, so how is it gonna work for them, yep. you know? Well, they talk about the That's key awesome. to making rules that your kid can keep is involving them in the process. Yeah. So it's like, hey, curfew's nine o'clock. Let's talk about this. Well, dad, I can't do nine o'clock because this thing ends at 8.30 and we usually like to hang out after, whatever. If you can give me a good reason, we can work it out, you know, as yeah. long as it's not like we'll be back at four in the morning, you know, that type of thing. But at least they feel like they've been heard. So, I mean, because I know, shoot, and work. If someone tells me do this because I said so, fuck you. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. If we're working on something together and say, like, hey, I need you to do this because we're 
perfect, man. I'm your guy and I'm not going to let it go. But yeah, if you yeah. just tell me because I said so, beat my ass. Uh, but uh, let's see. We, we just had this conversation with Olivia and her mom. We had like a family meeting and and her mom was upset, you know, that she'll tell her to do something and she wants to like discuss it. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, you know, I don't mind the discussion. It's it's after I've listened and said, okay, I heard what you said, but no, she'll keep going. So that's sure. what we kind of found as a middle ground in parenting, like, like I, I, I actually, I'm fine with you bringing up like, you know, a question or what you want. Yeah. And sometimes I'll go that way. But if you're, she wants to go question, like part three, part four, part five, try to oh, wear yeah. you down. Yeah. <laughs> She's your kid. Yeah. She knows. She knows. <laughs> well, so this one is actually kind of related and this is going to be rough for you and me and Kim increase their independence because mm. I'm guilty of, I never let him out of my sight. I know you're the same way and yeah. just, and also, and partly it's because he's eight, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, you're still a moron at eight. Not, I'm not saying my kid's a moron. He's appropriately stupid for an eight year old, you know, yeah. it's just, I yeah. can't, but there is independence there that he needs to be able to have. And I have a, I catch myself going, I need to just shut up and let him do what he's going to do. I mean, how did you approach that with yours? Well, with mine is what I started doing um, as far as independence was. We we were always working, so I had to teach these kids how to cook, and I don't I didn't want my house burned, so I had to be there and like this is how you flip <laughs> an egg, and you know. So so now they know how to cook, and they've known how to cook for a long time now. Nice. So That's I don't. Cool. I can leave. We've left for like a week and so on. The house hasn't gone down. They know how to clean. They know they're in. The, they know how to wash. Know how to run the washing machine and everything. They know how to cook and they can drive, right? So I mean, you just it, it's very iffy because you still feel like they're little. Mm-hmm. And you, just, you got you got to just you know roll with it and let them do something, you know, because otherwise you're just gonna have a whole bunch of uh, meanies we call them in from Mexico. Like they don't work. They don't do anything. You know, you don't want that. You That's need to. be my kid. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm uh, like, I, I don't, I don't want to get older and be like, damn, you guys are still here. Like, I want you guys here because, <laughs> because you want to be, not because you have to be. You know, exactly. Is yeah. My point to them was, you know what? When you're growing up, be the person that you know. Look at me. I, I, I give them that example. You know, I get up for your mom. We cook together, we clean together. You be that person when you grow up. You know, don't be dependent on that the wife has to do everything. No, you guys, we, we don't grow up like this in this house. You know, everybody here pulls all the way with everybody else. You know, we all work together. And that's what I try to always, always try pushing that into them and, and giving them little tasks when they were little, you know, and just, you know, grow the intensity as they got older. And, you know, I'm happy now with everything they can do. Nice. Fucking Edwin. Now I feel like a failure as a dad. <laughs> <laughs> we needed this master class over a hundred episodes ago. <laughs> now uh, we ruined them. Now we failed. Okay. Nice. Never too late. They'll, they'll learn. The next one, and I'm afraid of this one, is be social media aware because I despise oh. social media. Like, I know I'm supposed to put things out on Twitter and stuff. I just don't. But yeah. Because. 
you hear stuff about people getting bullied online all the time. This one is going to be rough for me and Mike. Listen to their opinions. And I added dot, 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 and don't make fun of them. Oh, that. And my you daughter, and I are both dicks. And she knows it's the worst because she'll, she will know ahead of time when she asks me something sometimes where she'll be like, I'm going to ask you this and I don't want you to laugh. And I'm like, that's not fair. <laughs> you know, I'm already going to start laughing. Don't you laugh, dad. And then ask me something. It's like, like so awful, you know. <laughs> but it's like, oh, but, you know, it's that little comic inside of me going, oh, but that was such a good comeback. And it's like, that's not what he needs right now. So uh-huh. along the lines of that is work out how to communicate. And uh, they're saying the trick is to work out how they prefer to communicate with you. You know, sometimes they'll, you know, like my kid tells me shit when we're fishing that he won't, he won't tell me anything, but we'll talk when we're fishing. We'll talk when I walk him to school. Other than that, there's nothing. So figure out what it is that, you know, and again, it starts when they're little because, and I'm sure that'll change. It it does because they become quieter and don't want to tell you anything. Yeah. And and, 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 I, and I found that, I mean, they come back, right? We, we come back around as we grow older and we want to get closer to our parents again. But I found it with my kid, when, I, when my youngest here, and I, when I pick him up is when he wants to talk about, like, everything, philosophy, uh, philosophy and all this other stuff. And mm-hmm. he'll, he'll go on and talk about governments and world governments. And I'm like, like, where are you getting this stuff from? But I mean, it's really nice that he opens up and he's telling yeah. me, he's asking me questions. He's like, it's because he's like, I learned more from you than from school because they don't want to tell you everything. And I'm like, well, I mean, you still got to go to school. You need that little paper. But, you know, it, it's, it's great. You know, it, it, you guys said it many times on the show that uh, don't laugh at them when they talk to me because yeah. for them, it's a serious thing, you know. And, and you don't want you don't want to lose that confidence with them because once you lose it, it's gone for a while. It's really hard to recover that. Yeah. yeah. That rolls into the next one. The don't smut. Don't sweat the small stuff. You know, they're talking about picking your battles. And if you can cut down on unnecessary arguments, they'll feel like you got their back instead of you're being on their back. And making fun of what they're telling you is being on their back. And yeah, Oli will like, she likes to say, like, you get mad and you'll get mad. And the one time she knows, I, I have a good example to point out. The one time I really did get mad that she's actually seen me get mad is when she was like five and she walked away from me at Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. And I, I lost track of her for, for that minute and was freaked out. And she like walked up behind me while I was looking and they're like, you know, I'm looking in the little playground and they're like, there's no little girl in here. And as my stomach <laughs> drops, I turn to my left and she's sitting there with an ice cream and she's all, who are we looking for? <laughs> and I was all, get in the car. No, daddy. So anytime she says it now, where she's like, oh, you're going to get mad. I'll go, remember the time at, and she went, oh, like that's the one time daddy really, because I wanted to, it's impressed and burned in her head. Now, don't get far away from me like that and don't you know oh, walk away without mad. telling me yeah wow. that was one it had to be known like for your safety and you know i just don't and now now that she's older it's becoming more like don't you trust me and it's like i trust you i don't trust other people yeah <laughs> so yeah that's why you're not going alone to go shopping at the mall with your friends 
And if you can make them understand that, that's half the battle. Yeah. I remember when my kid was, uh, my, my youngest was uh, a lot younger, he he would never listen to us and like we'd go to Ross or Target and he would just run to the play area. And I told him, no, we're going to get there, but you need to wait. And he would not listen to me when he was little. So I used to hide from him on purpose. And I, <laughs> but, I but I'd follow him. I'd wait around and hide behind things. And, I, and, and once he realized nobody's coming for me, he starts looking around, starts walking up the aisles until he's finally crying. I come out like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, there you go, teaching I you. told you, right? You better listen to me next time. Oh man, nice. kids. Yeah. Dude, this I guy's... thought you were gonna say you jumped out. I was like, nah. Got to hide from. Pop out of the bushes. Get in the car. Oh my god. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. See, that's the thing. That's what goes through your head and my head. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah. that's why our kids will be in therapy. Uh, <laughs> The one thing uh, they didn't talk about was, and I think it's an important one, which will save you a lot of grief when they're older, is teaching your kids the difference between I want and I need. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to go back to Jeff Allen because he's got something about that. Here goes. I need to learn this too. Then you go to the mall with your 15-year-old. As a parent, you would think you haven't provided this child with one material thing in life. Everything their eyes set upon in the mall, they need. Do you get tired of that word coming out of your child's mouth? I need, I need. If you have a small child, sit them down, teach them the difference between the words needs and wants. Two completely different meanings. Read them all one day, holds out these shoes. I need these shoes, I need them. So how much are they? And then he says, they're only. (laughs) Don't you love the word only? They're only. Especially coming from the unemployed. (laughs) With a straight face, he says, they're only a hundred bucks. For shoes, he'll outgrow on the way out of the mall. (laughs) So I said, back that tape up in your brain, boy. I'm going to put some new information in there for you. First of all, unless your name is Michael Jordan, never in your lifetime you need a $100 pair of gym shoes. I have 40 bucks for your gym shoes. Now I can tell you what you need. 60 bucks. (laughs) That's a good one. See, I know he's probably got a hard time not laughing at his kid. <laughs> well, so the next article is five tips to prepare for parenting teens now. And fucking Edwin already covered most of them. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. He's got a master. No, seriously, man, you, you <laughs> are a natural yeah. at this because uh-huh. uh, it's uh, pretty much they're saying it's just tips to prepare for parenting teens now while they're little because it'll make your life easier. Just like you said, teach your kids how to do their own laundry. Yeah. Teach them how to clean their own bathroom. I mean, that one's huge because my kid's bathroom is nasty. Like I won't have people come over because of my kid's bathroom. I mean, we clean it, but it's just, it's like a 24 seven job. And they say, you know, obviously you're not going to do it too early. Pretty much once they hit their tweens, that's when you can do it. Teach them how to prepare meals. Like you said, this one, I think they're being kind of funny, but it has a good point. Start apologizing to them from the moment they show up in your arms. Pretty much what their whole point is, if they can see that you are allowed to fuck up, that they're allowed to fuck up. If you have a dad who's perfect all the time, you're not going to show him, hey, man, I screwed up. You know, if the dad's like, yeah, you know, my kid watches me, you know, like going back to the fishing there's this little, one of our favorite places we go, there's a tree that's down in the water and it's where the fish like to hide. So we like to fish around there, 
but he likes to just throw it right at the goddamn tree. And then we lose tackle and waste time and all that. And then he'll watch me do the same exact thing. And it's like, yeah, I make mistakes too. And it's just kind of like, oh, okay. So it's not, I noticed once I screwed up, it, the tears weren't there this time. And even to the point where he's making fun of me. And oh, nice. That's so, good. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if we try to be too perfect, they're going to hide their flaws. You know, it's yeah. kind of like if, you know, if you expect perfection, they're going to either not do it or do it. I don't know. It's just, uh, I think Edwin already figured all this shit out before I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I've screwed up so many times with them. I mean, even now when they're older, but um, when, when I, I, I kind of like had to step back and, and look at myself for a bit and, and kind of man up now that they're older and, and, you know, when I have screwed up, Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, the next day, cause, cause when you're heated, you'll say things to them and yeah. they're older, they can take it and, but it's not right. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'll, I'll approach them the next day or so. And then be like, Hey, you know what? I screwed up. You know how I talked to you yesterday. It wasn't correct. And that's not what I want you to grow up learning to do to your kids, you know, because yeah. I, I know I made you feel bad and, and I threw words at you to hurt you because you weren't listening and that's not how I want to parent you. know, I don't want you to be scared of me and, and think that you can't have a conversation with me about, you know, something that we didn't agree on. And I think it's important even now when they're older because it helps you maintain that respect with them. It's, it, it's, not, it's not just about the rules. It's about the respect between you know, your kids and, and, and your parents. And keeping that line healthy, I think it's what I'm trying to say, is, is, is keep the family healthy by you know recognizing when you are in, in error you know because you'll screw up all the time and then i tell them you know if you screw up you have to come over and say you know you're sorry to that person you messed up with and and my little guy he's really good about that like when he and his mom go at it and, and she sends them away he comes back and he's like hey mom i'm sorry and, you know and he hugs her and and, and 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 i tell him you know what don't say you're sorry just because you know you fucked up really say you're sorry and he's really good at this stuff you know he'll come over he'll hug her but i know what you're trying to say i wasn't listening you know it it has to happen you know you can't just let it pass and 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 wait till uh there's no more fire Mm -hmm. you know it has to be said it always has to be said yeah that's awesome that wasn't the way in my house pretty much my dad and i wouldn't talk to each other for weeks at a time like, fuck him, fuck him, you know, back and forth and just like, whatever. And it's a lot of work not to keep that bad habit going. Yeah. Their last point, hang out with your kids, uh, hang out with your little kids doing nothing in particular often. So their point is, if you've never tolerated listening to your kid telling some stupid story about nothing when they're little, why do you think they would come to you when they have something serious going on? Because, you know, when they're little, that stupid story about whatever is serious to them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they talk about also, you know, play, wrestle, snuggle, sing together, read, chat, ride bikes, take a walk, hold hands. If you do it enough before they hit adolescence, they're not going to be shocked when you say, hey, we need to have a talk because you've already done it. It's going to feel natural. It's going to feel safe. They're not going to feel like, oh, fuck, I'm in trouble. Because anytime my folks wanted to talk to me, I thought I was in trouble. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yep. you know, and it just, you get your hackles up. So if they know they can trust you from day one, and which it sounds like you did, 
And again, I'm sure you fucked up plenty, just like we have, mm -hmm, yep. but you were able to man up about it. Olivia, like, because of the way we try to talk with her, you know, I know since she's been little, we'll ask her, like, when she says sorry, we'll be like, well, why are you sorry? Like, explain it. And I, and she did that like a week ago to some kid at school, some kid like was oh. mean to her and she and said, sorry. And she's like, well, why are you sorry? And they were like, oh. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, I was supposed to. And they had to explain <laughs> themselves, and then she's like, "Okay, I accept your apology." Awesome. <laughs> like this poor fifth grader was like, oh, "What?" Like, um, <laughs> your daughter's gonna be such a ball buster, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing we haven't talked about is the physiological changes. You know, it's amazing how little kids can run around and they don't stink, but then one day. It's like, yeah. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is that? Yeah. I got uh, a little clip here from Fluffy, Gabriel Iglesias. And, oh, yeah. uh, I love that guy. He's, oh, he's the best. He's talking about a couple of things. One, kind of like the other one about the uh, vocabulary changing, but he also talks about what to do when your kid's stinky. Here goes. Right now, it's a crazy time because my son is 15, okay? Some of you know I have a son from my last special. Uh, I talked about how I became a dad and... um because he's, he's technically my stepson. And the only reason I'm saying that is because he's been in my life for eight years and he's 15, so I don't want you to look at me and the math is all wrong and you're like, he's ghetto, I'm not ghetto. <laughs> I just hooked up with a beautiful woman who had a pre-started family, which is why the math is off. Basically, I took over a lease is what happened. <laughs> we could argue that's what Edwin did. Exactly. <laughs> you know, people's reaction when I tell them I got kids, they're like, how old are they? And I tell them, they look at me like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I got started when I was 10. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. I knew what I wanted at an early age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, back to him. And everything's been going great, but when he turned 15, it started changing. Like, he no longer talks to me, which is crazy. Not to say that he doesn't see me and acknowledge me, he just doesn't talk. And I thought it was personal, and his mom is like, no, he's going through a phase. Like, he doesn't speak. He makes sounds. Frankie, how's your day? <laughs> Did you take out the trash? Oh! <laughs> wow. Like the only person he talks to is at the other end of his phone. Because that's all he does. All day. Just text, 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 text. And it's funny because he's always like this texting. And when he walks around, he takes little steps so that in case he bumps <laughs> into something, it doesn't hurt. Like he's like, like the little vacuum, you know, you, and then, you know, and then. <laughs> And when he's taking these little steps, he makes these sounds. <laughs> and his tongue comes out halfway. It looks freaky. <laughs> like he's trying to text with it. <laughs> and I asked his mom, is he okay? He's going through a phase. And I could totally understand my son standing in the corner for 15 minutes at his time with his tongue out making noises if he was a special circumstance. But he's not, okay? If he was, I'd hug him and love him the same, but he's not. He's a straight-A student in his school. He's at the top of the list in his class as one of the smartest kids. And it's, no, 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 don't, don't clap, don't clap. You know why? You know why? Because on paper, it's a paper. genius. <laughs> but at home, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just making sure. 
And don't get me wrong, you guys. I believe that good grades are important, okay? But you would think with all the different classes that they offer in school, how come they don't have a class called Common Sense? Common Sense. Make it the easiest class they have ever taken. Make it so easy that it's the exact same class every single day. They don't pay attention anyway. Make it the same. Hello, class. Welcome to Common Sense. Let us begin. Up. Down. <laughs> left. Right. Hot. Cold. Take a shower. Take a shower. Take a shower! when he turned 15 he forgot how to play with water like I said you guys for me smell is so important you know and the fact that my son at 15 now is is, is you know he's his body's becoming an adult even though <laughs> <laughs> and I try to tell him and he always forgets and blah 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 and it wasn't until his PE teacher called us up and told us that what he was doing is he's leaving his PE shirt in the locker over the weekend instead of bringing it home to wash. And so that <sighs> just broils and simmers in those kid juices. And then on Monday when he puts it on, it's all hard and yellow and just, you know, <laughs> nasty. And they told us, your son is smelly. And I'm like, oh, hell no. I took <laughs> his ass to the store and I bought him a 10-pack of that right guard gel with a little click on the bottom. And I showed him, Frankie, look, 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 Every day, twice a day, that's what you got to do. And every day it's an issue. Did you put on deodorant? <laughs> I went back to the store and I bought 10 more. And I came back to the house and I started strategically placing them all over the house. One in the front door, one at the back door, one in the hallway, one in the kitchen. So no matter where he's at, hit it, right? <laughs> He hated that because the neighbors would come over the house and I'd have to explain why there's deodorant everywhere. Like, potpourri. <laughs> and then he starts hiding the deodorant and then he starts lying about it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but teenagers can't lie. They're too fidgety. They're uncoordinated. They look away. They stutter. Uh, they can't focus. I asked him, did you put on deodorant? Hmm? Are you sure? Yeah. Come here. <laughs> I'm gonna smell you. You don't believe me? No. That sucks. <laughs> Are you wearing the gel deodorant that I bought for you? Alright. Take your finger, stick it under your armpit, and then pull it out. Why? Because if you're wearing the gel deodorant that I bought for you, when you pull your finger out of your armpit, your finger's gonna be shiny. It's gonna look like you have lubricant on it. What's that? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> on the next special... He talks about this bit and he says that his kid got really pissed. Says, you gotta stop talking about me in your act. He's like, why? Cause everyone started calling me smelly. And he like flips out like his backpack from that day. And I guess like he got like a dozen things oh, to from other kids <laughs> in class. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> Dang it. But uh. see, no one, no adult told me about deodorant. So I probably smelled like ass all the time. And the what schooled me was other kids because i remember in high school you were there like i never washed my football gear like for practice yeah and that just uh, stuff just started to stink and i remember god a few of the guys would call me go vinegar instead of go <laughs> apparently i smelled like vinegar uh, <laughs> So yeah, you learn that lesson quick when other kids start fucking with you. But I mean, did you guys, I mean, how did you approach that? Um, well, 
No, my kids, uh, I didn't have that problem, to be honest. They, they always shower. They always have the door. They're perfume, their cologne and everything. I didn't really have that that problem, you know. The only problem I had was getting them to get a haircut. You know, they got they got to that point where they had the the Bieber fever or the Harry Potter cut, and you know, you didn't get a haircut because they would look like bums. But I mean, they they weren't stinky, and they had that problem. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Ours is just starting, and like my mom and Oli's mom tried to get like. All these all natural ones didn't like, work. Oh my god! By the you know, <laughs> after a month or two, and and Oli was like, "I don't like." I'm like, "We're gonna get you a real one." Like this is. I'm sorry, man. Like we'll, we'll take whatever happens, but I I totally understand where you're coming from. Like I'm just picturing myself in fifth grade. Like you want, you just want it to go away, <laughs> you know, and yeah. you don't care if there's aluminum or not at this point. You just want to yeah. make it through childhood without getting that hey stinky or whatever you know like yeah, yeah. there's a comic named louis katz that was talking about he had a roommate uh, a hippie roommate that he called juggle sticks and she used crystals for deodorant oh crystals just the, like you know how that rock. works no nope. it fucking doesn't uh. <laughs> he's like it always smelled like lamb shawarma in my house and i was like oh dude <laughs> like you stink but i'm hungry this is not right <laughs> you got anything to promote or plug any projects you're working on nope all right well while you're working up the courage to tell your kid he stinks and he needs to uh take a shower check out our sponsor seattle gummy company they make high energy mocha shots to give you that little extra boost of energy at the end of the day uh you get all the caffeine and a cup of coffee coffee five times faster for half the price of what you would spend for a cup of coffee at one of those chain coffee shops. Click the link in our show notes, enter the code STANDUPDADS15, and get 15% off your order. A Seattle Gummy Company, Stand Up Dad tested and approved, get shit done. Usually this brings us to our bad dad to make us feel better about being shitty dads, but I have a hero dad. Uh, actually, it's a group of dads, and I saw this story and loved it. I will post a link in the show notes. The article says, dads spend time in Louisiana high school after 23 students were arrested in string of violence. So this just happened oh, last I week. I did see that. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a cool article. So in one week, uh, 23 kids were arrested in three days at Southwood High School. So parents thought they had to change something. Some dads decided to take matters into their own hands. They formed Dads on Duty, a group of about 40 dads who take shifts spending time at the school in Shreveport, Louisiana, greeting students in the morning and helping maintain a positive environment for learning rather than fighting. And there has not been a single incident on campus since the dads showed up. Yeah. Dads just hanging out. That's cool. Yeah, and the guy, Michael Lafitte, who started Dads on Duty, said, we're dads. We decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who? Are us. Yeah. They were talking to some of the students. They're like, you ever heard of a look? <laughs> you know, that dad look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I did it a couple of times when the one year I taught in person at the high school in Oak Grove. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It just, your dad voice comes out. Like, yeah. I came out of my classroom to leave. And there was two kids like starting to 
like push each other and I was like, mm-hmm. knock it off. And I'm like, come on. Do you really want to go to the office? Like, go home. You go that way. You go that way. They're like, Fuck it. Okay. And they're like giant kids, you know? And I'm yeah. like, no, come on. And it's true. Another, yeah, there was two, there's a kid and a girl another time, like starting to like get out, make it out. And I'm like, knock it off. Get off of her. And get off like, of her. you just can't help it it's like you're yeah it's not just the firm stares and stern warnings it's also the dad jokes (laughs) they make jokes like hey your shoe's untied but it's really not i'm like god damn it that's just stupid (laughs) uh it's a perfect mix of tough love and gentle ribbing that dads do so well that has helped transform this school uh and now the dads are planning to keep this up indefinitely that's great, yeah. And a lot of these kids don't have a father figure at home or even just a male period in their life. So it makes a big difference. So yeah. So dads on duty, you guys, you guys are our hero dads of the week because I think what you're doing is amazing and awesome. I've got a bad dad. Did you want to have something on there, Edwin? Oh, yeah. So my bad dad is actually my bad dad when I was a kid. So the only, the only reason I'm saying it's a bad dad is because when I would get in trouble, there was this little room that was made specially for me. Oh. And this room had uh, wooden floors. And my punishment was to kneel over that wooden floor, on rise, butt naked, with a brick on each hand. So once these bricks fell down, I would get my whooping. So I'd have to be like this for like a good five, ten minutes to learn my lesson. Damn. And I would get scars, you know, and... Dude, just drop the bricks right away. It was it was either drop the bricks and get scars or or, or hold my five to ten minutes up there oh, like this. Fuck, dude, that's yeah. abuse. Yeah. yeah, that's awful. Yeah, yeah, that qualifies. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's abuse. That's Are you guys still touch? No, nah, my my father passed away uh, okay. a month after I graduated. God, but I mean, it, it took for my little brother to be born before he had to change a part of how to discipline us. I was like the experiment child. Dude, yeah, dude, that's that's horrible. I cannot. Okay, I'm gonna gush here. <laughs> you did not come from a great start, and you, you seem like you got your shit together, man. You yeah. didn't fuck up these kids like he could have fucked you up. And yeah, I, dude, you got all my respect, man. Because I know a lot of people would have been bitter about that stuff and been like, you know what, I had it rough. These guys are gonna have it rough too. And I think you got the other way. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to pass it on. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I didn't want to pass it on to them. Oh, that's man. Awesome. Yeah, man. I'm actually getting emotional. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. And any parents out there, I think that's a good idea. Knock it off. Yeah. Well, the other bad dad I had, uh, it's going to seem much nicer in comparison. Yeah. You know, what's like one of the biggest problems that parents have with teenage kids is music. You know, we always always turn that shit down. Well, this one I thought was kind of funny because apparently that doesn't change when you get older. 79-year-old father accused of shooting son for playing guitar too long. Oh, my God. So, and it's not like he had a teenage son. It was like an adult son. This is in Blue Ash, Ohio. A 79-year-old man is accused of shooting his son because he had been playing his guitar for too long. Fred Hensley Sr. faces felonious assault and domestic violence charges. Uh, 
Yep. He told police that he shot his son, Fred Hensley Jr., with a 38 pistol on Sunday because he'd been playing guitar for over an hour. He said that he was only trying to shoot the guitar, but hit his son in the side of his stomach. Jesus. Uh, Junior then assaulted Senior while waiting for emergency crews to get to the home. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, apparently he wasn't hurt that bad, but uh, I did look into it and I do have the song he was playing for over an hour. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Yeah. We make fun, Ohio. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we like to throw in the bad dad because uh, when Mike and I aren't feeling like we've done a good job, it uh, makes us feel better. So, and I have never considered doing any of those things. So, fucking yeah. fool of the year here, except for you. Uh, <laughs> well, Edwin, I mean, seriously, I am so glad you came on to this. Yeah, man. I am actually inspired, which is. Uh, I, you know, it's really cool when a guest can inspire me. So yeah, I got to fucking work about hard. The coming years. Yeah. And uh, thank you for helping, uh, having me. I wasn't even sure you guys were even going to reply when I sent out the email because of course. I wasn't even sure if it was the right website. I'm like, hmm, is it? All right, let me try and shit. Yeah, and, no. cool. I love it. We have a good, you know, we don't get a whole lot of uh, re- people reaching out, but when we do, they're always awesome. So yeah. I've never yeah. gone like, oh, who's this fucking guy? No, it's just, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, you know, and the thing is we're all on the same boat. Yeah. You know, we're all realizing, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And, it, that's basically it. We are, we're all there. Nobody knows what they're doing. We're just going along with it. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, seriously, you should consider doing one of these because people would actually learn from you. Yeah. I'm not just saying that to be <laughs> funny or anything. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I yeah. really think you've got, or write a book or something because good experience yeah what you've done something right and especially as a a step parent there's not as much like books or or anything for that like you know annie right now is stepping in and you know not fully like a step parent but having to parent and then having to deal it's super hard like she's like you know a year ago I didn't want anyone with kids around me. And now I'm having to talk to parents and all they're talking about is kids. And I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> like, yeah. unique problems, you know? She like, could get mm-hmm. some good material from Cinderella. <laughs> some good stepmom <laughs> stuff in there. Uh, well, email us at thestandupdads at gmail.com. Subscribe, mm-hmm. rate us, review us. It's how the show grows. Uh, if you want to hire someone to draw a picture of someone shooting a musician for playing dueling ballot banjos, who would they reach out to? They'd read out, reach out to me, uh, Mike Gray at Pencil for Hire. That's PencilForHire.com or Pencil for Hire on Instagram. Again, check out our sponsor, Seattle Gummy Company. Edwin was asking me, you know, are those really good? I'm like, yeah, Mike <laughs> loves the way they taste. I love the way they work. Uh, Don't eat a bunch of them, though. You're not supposed <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Yeah, click the link in the show notes, enter the code standupdads15, and get 15% off your order. Uh, we've teamed up with the guys from Gag on this podcast to get you merch at tpublic.com. Click the link and get our ugly faces on your stuff. Uh, you can get mugs, notepads, onesies, you name it, they'll probably put your face on it. Uh, we used to say go to tpublic.com, search for Gag on this, but then people complained. So just click the link in our show notes. 
Speaking of gag on this podcast, get my side project, the gag on this podcast. That's run by Big Nick. We interview comics from all over the place and have a great time doing it. Uh, I don't know who is on this next one because I was I missed it because uh, I was getting my tooth yanked. Uh, so it's much better, but anyway, we have a great time doing it. So give it a listen again, Edwin. I cannot tell you again, how much I appreciate you coming on here. Uh, is there yeah, anything yeah. you wanted to, uh, oh, man, I'm just happy you guys had me on the show. I'm glad to be here. The family was excited that I was going to be on this thing. And I'm like, right. Then, awesome, uh, man. I appreciate you. Cool. Well, thank you guys. Something coming out from Edwin, because I really do think you got a lot of info to put out there. We will talk to you guys next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. The thing I want to say is thank you all for coming. Bye-bye.